Let me jump right into the Word of God. Today I'm going to read the account of Matthew 18. I'm going to read them in three separate accounts because it gives a little bit, it gives a different account or the, a different amount of details in each of the synoptic gospels. So today we want to look at each of the passages in just a different gospel today. So would you please stand as I pray and then we will jump right into the word in Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 5. Lord, we are honored today to have the visitors that are here. We are grateful to be able to be in your presence and we love you and we honor you and we thank you for your righteousness. We recognize that we have a great work to do. Souls to be saved, lives to be touched. We thank you for those who come from distances. And today, Mary Jean, from such a far distance, we thank you that she's back and that her surgery went well. Those who come from Sebastopol, Vallejo, Petaluma, Vado, and just various parts of the Bay Area to worship here, we are grateful to you and for the privilege of being able to have a ministry that touches lives throughout the Bay Area and the county. And as we hear the word of God, as we listen, we pray that we will put feet to what we hear, that our lives will be transformed by what we hear. We give you name, your name all the glory and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 18. I'm going to give you the passages first. Matthew 18, 1 through 5. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37. And Luke chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. This coming Tuesday, again, we will be in Petaluma, Wednesday here at the church. The women, 515. Sister Florence is asking the women here to be here, 515 for prayer. At 6 o'clock, we have our Bible study from 6 at 6 p.m. Matthew chapter 18, beginning at verse 1, verses 1 through 5. This is what it says. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom? Of heaven, And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly, I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Mark chapter 9, verses 33 through 37, Mark 9, beginning in verse 33. Same story, a different reading or account from Mark. And they came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What were you discussing on the way? But they kept silent, for on the way they had argued with one another about who was the greatest. And he sat down and called the twelve and said to them, If anyone would be first, he must be last of all and servant of all. And he took a child and put him in the midst of them. And taking him in his arms, he said to them, 
Whoever receives one such child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. The book of Luke, chapter 9, verses 46 through 48. Luke 9, beginning at verse 46. And this is what it says. An argument arose among them as to which of them is, was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side. Let me read that again. Go back, please. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, Whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you all is the one who is great. As a title, I've given, Will the greatest one please stand? Will the greatest one please stand? Point number one, exposed. Exposed. Jesus having moved more so now out of public ministry, as he is approaching his death, focuses his attention on instructing his disciples more so in private settings. And clearly by the reading, we see that this is needed. They need to be dealt with and spoken to more so privately as he is moving on towards his death. And in Matthew's account of this Section, it would appear, according to verse 1 that we read, that the disciples have approached Jesus on their own with a question. It would appear that they came to Jesus with a question asking, Who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? However, in the reading in the book of Mark and Luke, in their account, we see that. There was an argument that had arisen among the twelve disciples or apostles as to which of them was considered to be the greatest. And it was Luke who discloses that it was Jesus in showing his omniscience. That big word means that God is all-knowing. He knows everything. He understands everything. There's nothing that he does not see from the beginning to the end. It's Luke who said that knowing their hearts, he knew what the argument had been as they traveled on the road to Capernaum. Now Jesus asked the question. The disciples have now been put on the spot. What were you talking about? Now, I need to just say this. When Jesus asks a question, I told you when he asks a question, it is never for the purpose of him gaining information that he does not know. It is always for the purpose of exposing you, what's in your heart. What they were discussing and arguing about 
was revealed how in fact they were really embarrassed when they were presented with the question by Jesus. They, they really were embarrassed and they did not say anything. Have you ever been asked a question somebody said, now what were you talking about? And you'd rather not say because you know you would be embarrassed if you, if you disclose the details. Don't want people to know what I was just talking about. Because truth be told, I was just talking about you. Jesus knew what they had been discussing, and so he asked them, so what was the fellas you were talking about on the road? And he got the silent treatment. Well, let's look at some of the things that maybe might have come up in the conversation. What Some of the things they might have been thinking about who was the greatest. Well, one, well, Peter and James and John may have been boasting of being taken by Jesus up on that mountain without disclosing the details of the transfiguration because he told them, don't say anything until after I have risen from the dead. But, but they might have been saying, well, he chose us to go with him upon that mountain. And so we know that we are in the top category of being the greatest. Peter may have boasted, secondly, of having been the one where God the Father had revealed to Peter the true identity of Jesus in a most wonderful way. He, Jesus had asked, who are people saying that I am? And it was Peter who answered, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And God said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Peter might have been boasting that I've got a special revelation from God directly. So I know I'm in the top tier. Third, Judas might have come on the scene and said, well, I know that I must be in the running because I hold the money purse. I'm the treasurer. So I know I've got to have an important role because I am the keeper of the money. And even though he might have left out the other part that he was also taking some of the money that was put in there, he at least told them that I'm the money one but just left out the second half. Well, fourth, go back to Peter, might have boasted, having been sent by Jesus to the Sea of Galilee with the, go get your fishing pole, Peter, and I want you to go cast your line into the water, and the first fish that you catch, you're going to find a coin there, stater, and I want you to take that and go pay your tax and my tax. Do you remember when he was approached by the tax collectors? Jesus, he, they came to Peter, says, doesn't your teacher pay taxes? And Peter, yes, he does. <laughs> so the Lord told Peter, go down to the sea and cast in your, your, your line. So Peter is thinking, I know I'm special because I've seen a miracle. I'm directly in fellas. He paid my taxes. Again, this is the temple tax. This wasn't the tax to Caesar. Just remember that. It was a temple tax. Number five, Philip may have piped in and said, Well, let's not forget when he fed the 5,000, he asked me where we were going to get the bread to feed the people. 
He was the one that asked me that, fellas, and so I just want you all to know that I've got to be in the running for being one of the greatest. Y'all remember that great miracle that Jesus did when he fed the 5,000 men besides the women and children? He said to me, Philip, where do you think we're going to get the food that, to feed all these people? And Philip, you know, Philip, you know, he was already down the Lord looking at all these people. Because the Lord already knew what he was going to do. But you know how sometimes we can change the scene and change our tune. When possibly we were scared to death, didn't know what was going to happen. And it all worked out. You know, I'd never doubt it anyway. I knew that it all was going to work out just fine. Liar. Got to go back to Peter who piped in and said, Well, I was the first disciple, me and my brother daddy called. So I know that I'm special because he called me first. James and John, the sons of Zebedee, might have popped in and said, well, he came right down the road and picked us up too. So we know that we are in the running. And then finally, Nathaniel may have said, well, he saw me under a fig tree. And he said that there is no deceit in me. I know I'm special because he already talked to me. He saw me under the fig tree. Said, now, there's a true Israelite where there is no deception. So, fellas, I don't care what you all say. I'm in the running. Hmm. Yet when Jesus asked the group what they were discussing on the road, none of them said anything. Now, it appears that Jesus asked them more than one time what they were discussing. It wasn't just a one time But he repeated it maybe a few times and still got the silent treatment. It is truly sad that people seek the prestige of the world rather than the prestige of the Almighty God. We would rather be popular with the world rather than being popular in the eyes of God. The disciples are exposed by Jesus in just the question That he asked them. If you are embarrassed by the focus of your conversation when asked, then you need to consider if that's the conversation you should be having. So the disciples are exposed. And they're exposed by one question. What were you discussing on the road? You see... The question that Jesus asks, it is always a penetrating question because it goes not only to the matter of the topic that is being discussed, but it goes to the motive of the heart. It deals with one's motives. You might know that I'm saying something, but Jesus knows the intent behind it. Sometimes you might have the best intentions at heart. And sometimes what you say may be taken the wrong way and it hurts you. Because what you said was really misunderstood because in your heart you know that you meant that person good. Then on the other hand, there may be times when you say everything is fine, oh, just wonderful, and you're not telling the truth. And you've got resentment and bitterness all wrapped up in your heart. But you want to keep that hidden. You see, we don't want certain things to be exposed. Thank God that he doesn't reveal everything that we think. Oh, thank the Lord. 
Thank God, thank God. Our minds sometimes can run crazy. Thank the Lord that he doesn't expose our thinking patterns to everybody. He knows them. Thank God he can keep a secret. Point number two, a teaching moment, a teaching moment. Mark notes that Jesus takes a seat. It's in the Gospel of Mark that he notes that Jesus, when he came into the house, asked the question that he sat down. This is a very powerful statement because the teaching position of a teacher was to sit. You recall on the Sermon on the Mount, chapters, uh, Matthew chapter 5, chapters 5 through 7, Jesus sat down and began to teach. Whenever the rabbis would teach, they would sit down and the people would stand. Think about Jesus at the Sea of Galilee. Would get into a boat, be pushed out, would sit down. He, he, he would take his position. It was a position of authority. And so when the teacher sat, you knew that something was about to be said. And so he asks the question, and then he takes a seat. Don't miss that. Don't miss that. Don't run past that. Because there's sometimes in Jesus' movement that we can miss what he's doing. He, he's speaking even through his actions. So it, it, it appears that when he sat, he calls, the Bible says, he called the twelve to him. But Matthew, if you're just reading Matthew, says they asked him the question, who's the greatest in the, in the kingdom, Lord? <laughs> but you would have missed all the stuff before that they were having an argument on the road. And so Jesus takes this time and this opportunity, since they will not disclose the full details of what they were arguing about, and with Jesus knowing he takes a child. Now, this seems to be ironic to me as they were acting like children on the road. When asked about the matter, they became like children and not answering him. And so he takes the child and places that child in their midst. Who the child is is not known. But it's also believed that it's possibly even an infant that he takes and puts in the middle. The teaching lesson is not only to be verbal, but it is to be visual for the disciples. The Lord has a way of getting a lesson to you one way or the other. Sometimes some of y'all don't slow down enough to hear it. Lo and behold, I'm, I'm just, let me just take a detour for a minute. I got a ticket on Thursday. Wasn't speeding. I, I'm up and I went to get this student and working with him and it was driving to school and I, and it was traffic and I made a left turn and going and I saw a motorcycle cop behind me. Oh, cool. Went on through the parking lot and got to the school, and I heard lights came on. What? Like me? There ain't no other cars around. He stopped right behind me, so it's got to be. I'm thinking, what? And the students, I think it was that turn you made. What? Back at the stop, the, the light? Wait, what? 
And so he gets out. It's a young, young guy. He looked about 18 years old. That's how, that's, how, that's how old he looked. He was probably older. Maybe 22. And so he says to me, uh, uh, how you doing? No, nice, nice, nice car. Um, I stopped you because um, uh, of, the, of the turn. I said, oh, he asked, are you going to school? Yeah, you can just go right on. Go ahead. All right. So he gets out the car, the student, and, and so I said, what turn? The left? He asked, so there's a sign that says no turning between 7 a.m. and 9 a.m. Now, I've gone that way for years. I even went to school there. What sign? What, last night did he put the sign up there? And lo and behold, I'm trying to think, what sign is he talking about? And so it says, my see your driver license, uh, registration, insurance. So got him a license, and I'm just hoping I ain't got to get, I don't get no ticket. I'm just hoping. Him. So I'm really nice and pass the license to him, and I give him uh, the... Uh, the registration, and I'm looking for my insurance. I have an old one in there. And I'm looking through, and he says, well, because it's nice, so you, you, you more than likely have it. So he's back there. and So he hands the ticket to me to sign. He says, I'm, you know, this is the worst part of the job. I said, sir, it's okay. You didn't make the left turn. I did. He said, oh, I wish everybody was like you. Don't worry about it. You're just doing your job, man. Thank you. So next time I see him, maybe he'll let me go. <laughs> he didn't do nothing wrong. There was no point in me getting upset with him. And so as I left and went back, you better believe I took a look to see, is there a sign really there? Lo and behold, there's a sign that says, no, turning. It has the arrow and it has a big circle with a Lying through it. Red means no turning at these hours, 7 to 9 and 2 to 4 p.m. I have memorized it. So the next time, I won't turn during those hours. Now that was on me. No point in me getting upset because of something that I did. He just actually just revealed the, the, the wrong that I did. And so I had to take had to take responsibility. Now, when I pay the ticket, I think that the last ticket I got is over a year, so I'm planning to go to driving school or online or do something so it doesn't appear on my record. So that's my plan. I'm hoping that that's the case. <laughs> we look at this matter of the disciples and this child, and it's almost a child that pulled me over, who is placed there for a teaching lesson, something that will impact the disciples. And we consider this, Jesus has been telling his disciples that he has to die. They're not even focused on him, but they, they are dealing with their own selfish positions. It's like when a person dies and everybody says, what are we going to get? Fighting breaks out over stuff. Rather than dealing with the matters at hand of the loss of an individual. Maybe since Jesus has mentioned his death, the talk about has with him has possibly been who's going to take his place. Maybe I'm the one. I should be the one. The child was considered the lowest person on the status pole. 
in this time. If you were rich and had a position of status, clearly you were seen as most important in society, but a child was not. Some quotes from the New International Greek Testament that mentions, the mention of a child deals with status in society rather than the character traits in this current context. Context. The child is under the care of others. When you think about a child, an infant, it, it requires the care by an, an adult or a responsible person. The child deals with the lowest on the social scale in this context. Children were not valued. They were not to be seen. Women weren't even allowed oftentimes to have positions of authority. They were not considered to be important. And children were way down there. And the Lord takes a child and places that child in the middle. The child doesn't have a, the rights afforded to him as an adult. He doesn't have the same rights. To become like a child is to forego the status and to accept the lowest place. Now get this, the disciples are not to act like children, but they are to act like Jesus, who in Mark says, he embraced that child. Look at what it says in Mark. Let's go in just quickly, if you're in your Bibles, let me just take a, a look at Mark, where it says, verse 36, 936, it says, And he took a child and put him in the midst of them, and taking him in his arms... Oh, when Jesus takes a child and places that child in his arms, it is most incredible. And the Lord places a value on this child that society did not value. Hmm. Who the child is? As I told you, we don't, we don't know who the child is. So Jesus says, if anyone wants to be first, he must be servant of all. Now, servant in this context comes from a Greek word that means, that, that means diakonos. The Greek word is diakonos. It means servant. We get our word deacon from that word. When we think of a servant, I like one example that I saw. It deals like with a person that you see um, as a server, a person that's a waiter. It's a person that is servant. It is not the word doulos, slave. Because a slave is bound, they're not free. But the servant is one who serves voluntarily. So the word here, that one must be a servant. If you want to be great, the Lord says you must be servant of all. Jesus states that one's greatness comes from one's service to others. Through their relationship with the Almighty God. Now the note that Jesus highlights is that one, one accepts this child in his name. You see, there are a lot of people who's doing a lot of good things for children and a lot of good things for individuals. But if things are not done for in the name of the Lord, in the end, it's not going to count. You see, you need to understand this. There were a group of people who thought that their works earned them a place in heaven. In fact, the Pharisees, 
the group that had separated themselves because of the influence of Greek culture. And even, in fact, many of the Jewish people that had wanted to have the scriptures, the Hebrew scriptures, given to the Greeks. There was a group that separated themselves even further and began to come up with ideas and rules and oral traditions that they felt and basically said were equal to the scriptures of making us right. And so this idea that if we do enough, we can merit or earn our way into the kingdom of God. Remember this. Your service does not save you. Your service does not bring salvation. It is a good thing to do. It will give you rewards, but it doesn't save. And it will not allow you to stand before the Lord and say, I should be able to enter your glorious place because of what I've done. No, it does not work that way. So one needs to understand that the service that one is to render is one that is unto the almighty God. It was God who said of his son at the beginning of his ministry and at the Mount of Transfiguration that he was well pleased with Jesus and told his disciples upon that mountain, Peter, James, and John, listen to him. Tell you, in the last days, there are going to be a lot of people that's going to be surprised. Yeah. There, there are going to be a lot of people that's going to be surprised because they're going to look towards their work as a means of making or declaring them righteous before the Almighty God. Does not work that way. Remember. If your works could save you, there is no and was no need for Christ to have come. Remember, Christ came to pay the debt that you could not pay. And so our service unto the Lord is because of what he has done and because of our love for him. First, the fact that he first loved us and we now love him because of what he's done. We serve him because of our love, not simply because of obligation. So understand that when the Lord exposed them and placed this child and then grabbed this child and then held this child, it was something that would blow their mind because they're thinking, what? A child that is the lowest on the status pole and he's the one that's way down here. The Lord is elevating the lowest. So what does it mean? Well, if there's some job that you say you won't do, then you're saying you're the greatest. You're too high. You see, the job of a servant is to say, what needs to be done? How can I help you? The paper needs to be picked up. Steps need to be swept. Is that too low for you? There's something that you said, I would never do that. Now get this as I bring this to a close. The Lord did not put them down for wanting to be great. You never hear the Lord rebuking them. But he told them the way to be great is by first going down. Your greatness is in your service. Your greatness comes about because of who you're willing to touch. The fact that you're willing to go to the lowest depths. You see, when it comes to Peter's belief that I believe, if I'm correct, that in history, when it came to his death, that he was turned upside down and crucified. 
Because he didn't consider himself to be worthy to be crucified right side up as Christ had died. He didn't feel, I'm not worthy. Peter learned some things. So when he died, he wanted to be turned upside down. Crazy Nero killed Paul. People that, 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 that served God oftentimes had to suffer great harm and incredible deaths. They learned through the things that they came to suffer. I tell you, living for the Lord is no easy task. Because you may be called to do the very thing that you don't want to do. But the servant will do whatever needs to be done. Because in one's greatness, it's a fact of going down. Going down. Is there anything in your life that you feel that I need to do better? Is there anything in your life to where you felt and feel like, mm, I... I need to take a different approach with this. Now, you can't serve everything and everybody. No, 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 no. You've got to put limits on certain things. Mm. But, but are you doing that which, what, that which the Lord has called you to do? Let me say this as I close. You don't want to have a conversation of elevation And have the Lord to ask you, what were you talking about? And you're too embarrassed to give the answer. You don't want to be so high up that even the Lord can't reach you. It's the body of Christ that he has called to be servants. There are many people in the world who think that they're okay. But it's the church that is coming for and has called us to serve. So, will the greatest one please stand? (laughs) Today, Lord, we are reminded that you took the role of a servant in elevating this child before them. They were to exemplify what you were doing. You were the great king and you are the great king. And yet you took the role of a servant. Serve the disciples. Wash the feet. Then ultimately you came and died for a people that didn't even want you. You didn't stay in the grave, but you rose. Gave us life. Life that right now, everyone that allows you to do the work on the inside will be accepted by you. It's clean. We pray today that you will help us to know and to remember that as servants of the Almighty God, we become great in your eyes. Help us to remember that in this place, Not only this building, but in the world in which we live, we are to exemplify a Christ-like spirit. With all that we do, remembering that it's you that we're serving. Whatever the job might be, whatever we're called to do, may we do it as unto 
the glory of the almighty God. And so today we pray that we will become true servants. That we will honor you by what we do for you. Help us to take the lowest position and to do that which may not be a wonderful job that everybody sees, but we're willing to work even behind the scenes that our Savior may be exalted. We love you in this place. Those that don't know you, God, bring them. We thank you right now for this day and we give you the glory. Now as we leave this place, may we never leave your presence. We give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Next week, Pastor Ronnie will be speaking. I will be here, but Pastor Ronnie will be bringing the word. God bless you. Have a good one. We'll see you next time.